0: TheYeshiva.net Before I begin, and it's going to be related, also to the Mimer, I just want to share an interesting insight, a moving insight, and that is that uh, the Rebbe Hayats, the Rebbe Rayats was the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yeshev Yitzchak Schneerson, who passed away in 1950 in New York, he was a uh, son of the Rashab, who was a grandson of the Tzemach Tzedek, who was a grandson of the Balatanya. So before Shavuos, he had a custom. He would bless everybody with the following blessing. Kabalos HaTayra, beSimcha U Which means he blessed them to accept the Taira, to receive the Torah with joy and with Pnamias with inner sincerity. And this, thus, was also the custom of the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, his son-in-law, the most recent Lubavitcher Rebbe, the seventh Lubavitcher Rebbe, who would always, before Shavuos, both publicly and privately, and especially in his correspondence and writing, I think almost to anybody that he wrote a letter before Shavuos, he would always say that he wants to conclude with the blessings that his father-in-law, the Rebbe, used to give before Shavuos, To accept the Torah with joy and with inner sincerity. Once at a Shavuos Fabrengen, it was in 1965, the Rebbe asked why his father-in-law would particularly offer this blessing before Shavuos. I mean, it's a beautiful blessing, but it's a blessing that should apply to every holiday. And it's really a blessing that should apply to every single mitzvah. Every single holiday and every single mitzvah and every single part of Yiddishkeit we should perform with joy and with sincerity. With joy, with happiness and with earnestness. Every mitzvah should be performed with a sense of simcha. As the Rambam famously explains at the end of Hilches Lulav how powerful the Avoida of simcha is in mitzvahs. And in and nonetheless, it was before Shavuos that he offered this blessing. Why? And the Rebbe then suggested very beautiful insight, and he said that every mitzvah that a person does, or every holiday that we celebrate, or every other any other part of Yiddishkeit, even though it's always best when it's performed with joy and with earnestness and with inner sincerity, but the fact is. That people go through changes. Life is a roller coaster. Sometimes I'm inspired and sometimes I'm uninspired. <laughs> sometimes I'm in a good mood and sometimes I'm in a challenging mood. Sometimes I'm feeling happy and enthusiastic and enthralled and sometimes the opposite. Sometimes I feel earnest and sincere and authentic and sometimes I feel more robotic and superficial. And you know what? That's the story of life. The story of life is that we go through fluctuations, we go through changes and we have to weather the storm and endure through all of the psychological climates of the soul and grow from them like the esric. So if a Jew comes to you and says, comes to you and says, today I'm not in the mood of putting on filling. <laughs> today I'm not in the mood of dominating. Okay. Okay. And what happens if uh, you're not in the mood of, uh, of, of, of feeding your children or you're not in the mood of being a father or being a mother? So what you're going to quit? You're gonna quit you have to have values, you have to have a compass. What's right, what's wrong? What are your convictions? Sometimes I feel it. My sister is making a wedding, and I'm not in the mood of going to the wedding. So I'm not gonna go to the wedding because I'm not in the mood because I'm tired. Okay. Person has a value that transcends our moods. We all understand that. But there's one exception, and that is if I want to become a Jew somebody wants to become a ger, a convert, and they say, I don't really want to convert. I'm not really. I'm doing it because of pressure, because of social conformity, because I like my boyfriend, because I like my girlfriend, because I want to fit in here, because I want this job, then we can't accept them. Why? Once you're a Jew, whether you're in the mood or you're not in the mood... A Jew is a Jew, you're internally connected. Now you're in the mood, great. You're happy about it, great. You're not, okay. So you'll do it without simcha. But to become a Jew, you're going through an essential transformation to be able to get a Jewish soul. For this, I have to be there with all my heart and with all my soul. If a convert says, I'm doing it superficially, I'm not really interested, then I can't become a Jew. To give a practical example for this is in marriage. Anybody who will tell you that a marriage is consistently blissful, so maybe besides a few exceptions, that's not realistic. Couples have arguments. Couples have ups and downs. Couples have disputations. Couples get into disagreements. That's just the nature of humanity, and it's not a bad thing. People are different. People go through different experiences. And that's normal. What you expect is not that they should always, always be excited about each other, but that they should always be accountable to each other and they should be guided by a value of not running away and being honest and being vulnerable and being present. The fact that I'm the, the prior, the, the expectation that I should always be on top of the world and feeling the deepest joy and bliss in my marriage. If you can, that's wonderful. Awesome. But we all appreciate the fact that people may go through different things, especially people who are dealing with trauma and dealing with various issues. They have to be able to respect and have compassion about the fact that their brain comes up with all types of thoughts, but it doesn't have to dictate my values. It doesn't have to dictate the truth of the relationship. That's all once you're married. But if somebody says, I'm getting married to this person, but I'm not really in the mood, I'm not really interested, I'm just doing it... Because I've been pressured, uh, because other people want me to do it, because they say it's good for the family. They say that it's good for this and for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. Halakhically, marriage has to be with the full consent of both the husband and the wife. Once you're married, marriage goes through different stages. Sometimes it's very inspiring. Sometimes you have to work through some issues. But to get married, you have to be fully there. From all the holidays in Judaism, Shavuos is the time that the Jewish people went through a conversion. The Gemara says in Yevomahs that Matan Torah was the time of Gairus. That's when the Jews became a people. And every year on Shavuos, we re-experience and reenact the experience of the first Shavuos. So that's why when it came to Shavuos, the rebbe's would wish, Kabbalahs HaTorah B'Simcha once you're a Jew, now you go, you move. It should always be with Simcha with pnimius But we can appreciate the fact that a person goes through different stages. When it comes to Shavuos, Shavuos is the holiday of identity. Shavuos is the Yom Tev that defines who you are, not just what you do. Defining who you are, this has to be with full consciousness. This has to be with full presence of mind and heart. That's why he would say, you should accept the Torah, you should have the privilege of receiving the Torah with joy, with enthusiasm, or and with sincerity. We are up to Siv Dalit in the Maimer. If you open your source sheets already, it's page 80, column 2. This is the last chapter of the Maimer if this is the Maimer from the Balatanya, Lakut HaToi bahar Ki Aretz Shabbos LaShem, Dalet. Second column, page 80. If you like the Hebrew numbers, it's page Mem, column 4, in the middle of the page. After. I'm not going to give a summary of the whole Maimer, because you know what happens when, I'm, when I give a summary of the whole Maimer, we won't finish the Maimer, we'll get stuck in the summary for good reason. Because when you give a summary, you go deeper and deeper and deeper, and uh, it's very hard to move on. So therefore, I'm going to ask everybody to hazard the mimer on their own. This is a mimer that you should know well, to review it. And if you haven't re- heard it yet, if this is your first time here, welcome. And you'll have a chance. You could replay it either on double speed, as some people say, or as the others say, that music you don't listen to in double speed. But I don't get involved in that question. That uh, depends on how your brain works. But the bottom line is, try to learn it so you'll understand everything till Siv Dalet, and then you'll appreciate more what we're learning. But the bottom line is, if we're going to summarize, summarize it literally in a few sentences, the Alter spoke about pischeli Achaysi, that was chapter 1, open up the door for me so that you can experience me as your sister. Chapter 2, he went to Rayasi, from Achaisi to Rayasi, my sister, my shepherd, where we're not only connected, but where you feed me, or in other words, you become one with me, because what we eat becomes literally part of us. And that happens through Taita. And the way that the Torah does it, there was the whole long explanation in chapter in chapter two, that even the Torah came down into the physical reality. But nonetheless, the Torah is called bread. And the process of bread is that you can't just eat it Straight from the ground, there's planting, and then there's grinding, and then there's kneading, and then there's baking, as he explained at length. And he explained at length how the first thing you do with the bread, the first thing you have to do with the seed is plant it. The whole explanation about Torah. There's the source of Torah, which is infinite. There's the way the Torah comes down here, which is the seed. And when the seed is planted in the earth, it produces the tree with all of the delicious fruits, which represents these three dimensions of Torah, the Torah in the source, and the Torah in Ganadin, and the Torah the way it is down here, which is why the Alter Rebbe says, teyre teyre that when a person understands the Pnimi so then the seed becomes aligned with the earth, and then one can appreciate Schar Mitzvah Mitzvah, the actual fruit, and essentially this is one of the major functions of of Yis HaTayra, generally Pnimi Yis especially the way it was revealed and articulated in the teachings of Chassidus, which really takes every single theme in Torah and sees it the way it is in Ganeid, meaning its spiritual essence, its psychological and emotional core, where the technical and intricate intellectual nuances and details and themes are very powerful, but they're also reflections of the infinite divine wisdom that is flowing through these ideas. And in order for the person to be able to become one with this Torah which is planted, he went through the whole idea of davening. What davening is, but planting is not enough. The seed also has to be grinded. He explained what is grinding. Grinding is the humility and the ability to dissect yourself and take yourself apart. He spoke about the idea of kneading, which is bringing in the water the love which makes all the particles one, and then finally the baking, which is the fire, not the water, the fire, because the fire is even a deeper love where I don't want to find myself, I want to lose myself, the fire completely takes you apart and consumes you, you become subsumed in the flame, and the second idea of the baking was the powerful compassion represented by Yosef's tears for his brother, for Binyamin, but that's done in the privacy of his room and then he comes out and he says let's eat bread those are the four stages that limud ha require you gotta plant the seed align the todah down here with the todah up there be able to see in every piece of todah that it's divine energy it's divine truth it's a divine flow of infinity number two be able to grind it be able to knead it and be able to bake it. Dalit. You know what? I see that a few lines from Gimel we didn't finish. So let me just let me just finish a few lines from Gimel right before Dalit. Okay. Vayideza. a few lines before Dalit, the line starts by Vayideza. Vayideza. Through all this, what's all this? through the planting and the grinding and the kneading and the baking, nasa, what happens through all this, Nase the toida becomes baked bread it becomes edible it becomes bread that is absorbed by the king by the limbs of the king if something is not edible, you can't eat it. If you can't eat it, you can't digest it. It doesn't become part of you. As long as the Torah is not baked bread, it never becomes absorbed in the limbs of the king where it's one mamish with the Ain Saif. But when the Torah goes through this process, so now every shtikel gemara that I learn, every mishnah that I learn, every pasuk chumash that I learn, anything that I learn in Torah could be a sif and it could be a word in Musa, in Chesidus, in Kabbalah, in Medrash, Teresh of Mishna Teresh of Mishnah Gemara, Bavli, Rishalmi, Medrashim, Rishonim, Achroinim, Paiska. Whatever it is. A pasuk A Mishnah. There's bread that's baked, and there's bread that's not baked yet. You have a seed. A seed is wonderful. A seed has the whole DNA inside of it. A seed has everything inside of it. But at the surface, from a conspicuous, experiential point of view, it's only a seed. But when I plant the seed, I align it with the Ein Saif. I have to put it in the earth, cover it with the earth. It needs to decompose in the earth, which is really what Xidis does to Nigla, what Pnimius does to Nigla. The Nister is like the earth, it's the Ein Saif. The Nigla is the seed, which has in it everything. You align it with the earth. Then there's the grinding. The grinding is the humility, the vulnerability, the bittle. The grinding is also taking it apart. As he said what Gear says, Garcina. There is the kneading, the avakamayan. There is the baking, the avakaish. And there's the baking the compassion that I have on my soul and the divine spark that descended into sometimes into a very low space and I can make space for that and yet not get engulfed only in tears but like Yosef I could say let's eat bread together with the tears now it's baked if it's baked who eats it so this is now Hashem's bread that becomes completely one with him this is a Torah that's mamash ain't safe now when a person eat this Torah as well. In other words, it becomes absorbed in him. So now the person himself or herself becomes rayasi. You become God's shepherd. In other words, like his food, completely indivisible, as he said at the beginning of Siv This is then the deeper interpretation of the Gemariah Sachim Nun. Fortunate as somebody who comes here, literally to Ganay, and his learning is in his hand. What's pshat? be yaday means, not just he's holding a safer in his hand. It means that the Talmuday, the learning became completely one with him. It's like food. Lechu lachmu belachmi, as he explained earlier. It's the bread that I absorb, it's me. And they become completely one. If the bread is never baked, even if it was planted and kneaded and and grinded and kneaded, but it was never baked, it could never become absorbed in the limbs of your soul. And therefore it could never become life and sustenance for the soul it's baked bread through which a person lives in other words the edible bread a person can eat dough I guess if there's a crisis you eat dough but it's not something that's going to sit well in the body I guess if there's a crisis you'll eat flour but it's not something that the body retains it's not you have the flour and you have the kneading and you have the baking now you have a shtickle bread It's a whole different story. If it's not baked, the keva, the keva is the abdomen, the stomach, can't cook it, can't digest it, can't turn it into, cooking is taking something raw and turning it into something edible. But your intestines also have to cook. (laughs) Every food that comes into our digestive system has to go through a process of transformation until it could be transmitted to the right part of the body that can use this food in the most useful way. This is the miracle of digestion. One of the greatest miracles of biology is the system of digestion. How your body knows to take a piece—all the foods of the world, whatever comes in—could be an apple, it could be a peach, it could be an omelet, could be goat cheese, it could be a watermelon, it could be a piece of chicken, it could be sprouts could be sprouts or the covered schmooz. It could be healthy cheesecake, which means without sugar. Or maybe without carbs, if you could do that. Whatever it is, goes into the body, goes into your mouth, the body says, okay, chick chuck, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, before you know it, you don't even, we do it unconsciously, we don't even know how it works. Children, infants do this, toddlers do it. How does the body know how to do this? What you have to learn in university, you have to learn in books or videos for years and years. The digestive system somehow, the baby's body knows it. How do you explain that? How do they know this? No, I don't know it. You don't know it. We've been doing it. You say you're doing it for forty-two years, and you still don't know how you do it. This is incredible. But the keva somehow cooks it all and makes it happen. If it's not baked, if it's not edible you start eating raw potatoes, you start eating raw flour, you can eat it. And in a time of crisis, people will eat anything. But that's not the way to eat. It can become part of you. You're going to get nauseous. You're going to get sick. You're not going to feel sustained. You're not going to feel alive. You eat the food that's raw, it's going to remain separate in your intestines, in your stomach. It's not going to become absorbed in the limbs this is a metaphor, if you don't bake the Torah, if there's no fire, a person learns and learns and learns, the fire, there's no oven, you need the oven that comes from the Echad, the Echad, the Echad creates a fire, you remember Zohar Echad, the Altar Rebbe said, "You have to remember and protect in every single thing in the world and in every word the echad of it. If there's lacking of fire and there's lacking the compassion, the fire, the warmth, the compassion of Yosef for Binyamin Ben Oini, what happens? <laughs> the words he describes it: the Torah is one thing, and his soul is something else." Talmud is not in his hand. Talmud in his hand means it's inside of me. It's in, in not just in my hand, in my physical hand. Talmud in his hand, you say, it's inside of me, it's part of me. The great, the great challenge of Yiddishkeit is you have a person, some of you know this very well, he knows all the information. He may even like the information, but it's not part of me. It never becomes part of me. It never became baked bread. It never reached that point. Sometimes it's not even planted. Sometimes it's not grinded. Sometimes it's not needed. But sometimes, even if it, that happened, what's missing is the fire of the baking that allows the lechem to become completely edible so that it's completely one with me. Dalet. But before a person learns, the Gemara says, He has to show up here. What does it mean he has to show up here? Showing up here, as he said earlier, what's Ashrei Bolakan? It's talking about Mishabalakan, somebody who comes to the higher world, somebody who comes to Gan Eden, so Dr. Rebbe explained earlier, in chapter 3, what's the idea of Bolakan? Balakan means that he shows up into the relationship. He's present into the relationship with Hashem, as he said before, that a person learns after davening. As Shulchan Aruch says, based on the time of learning is after davening because during davening, the person arouses the love and arouses the alignment, the mysterious nefesh, the that the nefesh, the Unites with its source, as we explained in earlier shirum, what tefilla is. So the person shows up through bittel. The person shows up in the world of elikus, and then the Talmud is together with him. So he says, "Chayidim shayilmed before he learns tzadich lias tzadich gamkin pchines balekan daino laoedir esavah b'tefilla b'mesidas nefesh b'tittel metzius elovis banich k'deish yuchel l'mudachek kachal in order for to a person to be able to learn this way, first I have to daven. And davening is the time when I, ar- I arouse the love. Mesiris nefesh. Mesiris nefesh means I dedicate my soul. <inaudible> I align my entire mitzias with Hashem so that afterwards, when a person is balakan, when a person shows up here, v'talmud de <inaudible> then he could learn in the same way. And therefore, the real time for learning, the Shulchan Aruch says, is right after davening. Because after davening, the learning has that focus, has that depth, has that intensity. When somebody comes here, he shows up here, and he shows up with the Talmud as part of him. This is the person about Chazal say. Because what is davening? Davening is when the person arouses within himself or herself the state of achaysi. In other words, davening is the time that I align my vision of myself with God's vision for me. Remember we spoke about what a chazan is, a chazan is chazayin, vision. We spoke about tefillah, hispalal to imagine yourself from the divine perspective. In other words, tefillah is the time when a person lets go of all of his or her shells and husks and fears and insecurities. It's the time of deep spiritual therapy and alignment where the person could become completely one with the source of infinity called Chachmela, with God's wisdom of the world. In other words, I align my vision of life with God's vision for me. Now afterwards, when I learn, the learning has the same quality that the Torah is completely aligned with the Chachma'ilah, with the infinite divine wisdom, which is manifested in the Torah. And then there is a complete unity, that the light of the Torah is completely united with the light of the Nefesh Shalakis, and the Torah itself is united with its source. V'zehu, and that's why, after the parentheses, we go back to the beginning of the Ma'imer. Do you remember the Alter Rebbe's question at the beginning of the Ma'imer? His question was, right in the beginning, it says in the opening of Bahar, "Ki Savoyu El Aretz Hashanin Noisel L'chem V'Shavsa HaAretz Shabbos L'Hashem Shei Shanim Tizra Sadecha Shay Shanim Tizme Karmehcha V'Safter Tfwasa Shana Hashvias is Shabbos Shabbos L'Hashem. When you come to the land that I give you, the earth should rest for a Shabbos, a whole year of rest. Six years you plant, six years you prune." And the seventh year is Shemitah, the sabbatical year of serenity and rest. And Al Alter asked, it sounds like right when you come to the land, you should celebrate Shemitah, but that's not the case. First you had to work the land for six years, and then was Shemitah. But the Torah and Bahar makes it sound, when you come to the land, right away Shemitah, and then he says six years you should work, and the seventh year should be Shabbos. It's extremely strangely phrased. When you come to the land that I give you, you should work the pl- you should work the earth for seven for six years, and on the seventh year, That's not what the pasuk says. Even though halachically in reality that's not the case, as the pasuk explains itself later on. First, you have six years, and then you have shabbos. In order to understand this, Dr. Alter said, let's explain the whole pasuk in Shir Hashirim. That's how we got into the whole discussion. And he started to explain that there's a constant relationship because we are chelik el mal mamish, but the relationship could be concealed. And he spoke about ms lamitoi and ms and what blocks the relationship. And yet you have to open up whole You have to open up a door. Pischili. You have to break through the blockages and the cover ups And the love could sometimes be concealed by all of the addictions of the person, which are really an outlet of that love, but they don't realize it. We explained this all at length in the previous classes. So the Alter Rebbe comes back now when he says pirush. Miyad ki savayu, right when you come. What's ki savayu? Shulbchin is balekan. We spoke about the Gemara Ashrei mishe Fortunate is the person who comes here to this to the higher world to Haba. The Talmud The Rebbe says, right when you show up, right when you come to the land, miyad ki savayu. For you, oyer to do a saava. B'chinas tefila, b'chinas Right when you come when you, when you come and you arouse your love to Hashem which is what real tefillah is as we said tefillah is called nefesh tefillah is the time I pour out my soul to Hashem and what does it mean you pour a soul how do you pour a soul you pour water You pour wine, you pour apple juice, or orange juice, or mango juice. How do you pour a soul? The idea is, as he said, pouring the soul is that I allow my soul to go out of all of the traps, to go out of all of the confinements. I pour it out. If something is contained in a bottle or in a can, right? I open it up, I open the lid, and I pour it out. So I pour my soul, I allow my soul to go free. I allow my soul to war to, to soar. That's why it's called the Eshbiches So he says, Eretz This is Kisa Vayu El HaAretz. You come to the land. The land is also the spiritual earth, the divine earth, which he explained earlier was Malchus. It was Dvar Hashem Zu It's the mother earth, feminine earth, Hakal Hayemanava, which is the source of all vegetation. As he said before in Siv Beis, that this is the Dvar Hashem. The source of Kayech in the Eretz. I align myself in davening with the Eretz al with the divine source of everything, which is called Mother Earth. It's the land that I give you. The Possach says, because true love is the love that comes from above. But the person has to be open to it. I have to inspire myself. And then whenever there's an arousal from below, there's an arousal from above. The real love is always a gift. Real love is not something that I create on my own. I can open myself up to it. creates Meaning when I open myself up to it, then I'm a keli, I'm a vessel to receive the gift. But the avahamit is yabam The real love is something a gift that Hashem gives you. Va'az Saharits, So when you show up, ki It's when you show up to this relationship in davening. God is waiting, but show up, kisavoyu alaretz. Balakan, come here, Ba, be a ba. Show up, show up with this relationship, and I'm going to give it to you. Your is showing up, but the love is coming from me. So the first thing is or aritz Shabbos the Sifrid is one of the sections of Zohar. It's called Sifrid It's one of the very complicated sections in the teachings of Kabbalah and Zohar. So he says over there in Sifrid tzniyas it means va'are is batalas. V'shavsa it literally means the earth should rest. The Sifre de says is batalas, The earth is bottle. Da ha'inu she'yepchim b'chinen is bittel. V'shavsa aretz means that the earth becomes is batolus. Literally, is batolus means in Yiddish there's an expression a battled, right? A heilich bottle, the gate bottle, meaning the earth doesn't do anything. When you don't do anything, you say it's a battled, a battled. Va'are is batalas. You don't plow the earth, you don't plow the plant, you don't work the earth. The earth doesn't have to work. The earth is on vacation for a year. The earth rests. That's called Shabbos. The earth doesn't do anything. The earth relaxes, it gets to breathe, it gets to enjoy (laughs) the views, it gets to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. That's what happens. What's the deeper idea here? The idea is that all the faculties of my soul experience a state of arah is batalas bitl, which means complete alignment in the connection with the source, with oneness. Shabbos, Lashem, and then he adds, Vishafsah Arat Shabas, Bitl Acha Bitl. Vishafsaha Shabas. In other words, there's a Shabbos after a Shabbos. is The first state of the shavsa of bittel is going away from toxicity. And then there is a doing the positive also needs to be in a state of bittel. So you have a shavsa and you have Shabbos. Generally, life is divided into two categories. Sur meira v'asetof. Sur meira means going away from that which is toxic, that which is destructive, that which is immoral, that which is promiscuous, and that's a major part of life. The ability to set boundaries and to say, this is not for me, I'm not going to go there. And this is very deep avoided in my own mind. Will you allow your mind to go? Will you allow your heart to go? Sur meira, that's the first state. Then there is a Toiv. Then there is the positive that I engage in. The Bittl of Veshav says both. Vishav sa'arit Shabbos L'Hashem. He says, bittel Acher bittel. In order to be able to align all of the faculties of your soul with Hashem, Acha see si, my sister. Let's remember Acha si, is that Ichhi Alexandrus the, the Alexandria, not in Ma'it Katundav Chavav, as the Gemara describes it, which is basically that inner connection I want to align the faculties of my soul with the source. This has two states. Sur Meirah and Asetov. You can't have one without the other. I can engage in positive things, but if I'm still stuck in my addictions or my nourishkeit, and it's not going to work. I have to be able to detach from things that are holding me hostage. And then I have to engage in positivity. So that's the two Shabbos. Comes the Pasek and says, "Va'acha shanam tizra sadecha, now, after a now you could plant your field for six years. Elu, Shisha, Sidrei, Mishnah. The Pesach is homiletically intimating to the sixth section of the Mishnah. That's six years. Tizra, Sadecha. You have to take Shisha, Sidre Mishnah. Six years. Zrayim Moed, Noshim, Mizik and Kachim, Taras. Which is basically the body of Teresh Pe. All Torah Shabbat ultimately is encapsulated in those six years. Those Darim. Because Yerayim deals with all the halachas connected to agriculture and blessings. Mayed, everything connected to time. Nashim, anything connected to relationships. Nezikin, anything connected to civil law. Kachim, anything connected to the Beis Hamikdash and Karbanas and Avaida. And Taris, anything connected to purity and impurity. Here you have the whole body of Yiddishkeit. Torah Shabbat halacha. Remember, it's all seeds. It has the DNA, but it's a seed. You don't leave a seed on the windowsill. Don't only relate to the Torah's external dimension. Tizra! Take the six years and Tizra Sadecha. Plant the Shisha Mishnah. Where should you plant it? Be'eret In the divine earth, in the divine Kaya And the divine infinity. Sheni kras chakal tapuchin kaddish. In Kabbalah, it's called chakal tapuchin kaddish. Chakal is a field. Tapuchin kaddish is holy apples. Friday night, those who say before Kiddush the the liturgy of the Arizal. Askinu sudasa the meimnuser shleimasa chadvasa the Malkin kaddish. Askinu sudasa doy sudasa the chakal. (laughs) <laughs> this is the meal of the field of holy apples is the eretz the eretz that's called the divine energy remember we learned tache is Eish das that the power of vegetation in the earth is the divine energy god said tache and the shach writes from the pshimshin he brought earlier in chapter 2 it's Eish das the fire of Torah. That's the Dvar Hashem, which is the Eretz. it's the mother, it's the Shechina that invigorates and makes everything grow. Leo is So that the Torah should be planted as we explained at length the metaphor of planting. And then there's six years of pruning the vine. This is the Gemara. Which is the reasons for every Mishnah and the logic behind every Mishnah. In other words, Now it's Gishmak. This is obviously an explanation, not in the literal words, not in the literal meaning of the words, but in the spiritual meaning of the words. Now we understand why he says, the earth should rest before he speaks about the six years. Even though Shabbos Shemitah comes after the six years. There's no real learning without a real davening.
1: From the, well,
0: the halacha does reflect it. The halacha does reflect it. The halacha says that every day in the morning, the first thing is tefillah no, then, then there's toida, and then there's then there's going out to the world. I
1: understand,
0: but in shmita it's six it's six years first. No, no, no. Yeah. So see. the way this pasuk is interpreted in Avodas Hashem, where it's not only talking about a seventh year, it's talking about every day of a person's life. You understand? The way these psukim are represented in every day of a person's life. So the first thing is, you have to show up a la arets. Veshov Shabbos l'Hashem. That's ari is batalats. That's the mysterious nefesh of tefillah, of alignment, of bittle. That's the first thing. And then, Sheishanem tizra sadecha. Vesheishanem tizmakarmecha. Sheishanem tizra sadecha is Mishnah which is the halacha itself. You plant your field. And tizmar, karmecha, what does tizmar mean? Tizmar means you prune. When you prune, you remove the weeds, you perfect it, right? You make sure it's beautiful. So he says that's like the Gemara. What the Gemara does is, the Gemara takes the Mishnah, and the Gemara beautifies the Mishnah, explains it and develops it and dissects it, right? It perfects the field. Tizmar karmecha. Both are six, because the Gemara is on the Mishnah. You have sixty mesechtes, you have six darab, shisha mesechtes, six darab. It's also the number six. So therefore, this is all after the Veshavsa, Aret Shabbos, Lashem. In order to be the Talmud ebiyadai, Ashrim, Misha, Balakan, the Talmud you need first the Balakan before Talmud ebiyadai. Yeah. No, so here what, it? it's the same thing. We're talking about Shemitah. Shabbos Hashem is the same thing. He's just saying the reason it says the word Shabbos twice is because there's the bitl of Sir Meira and there's the Bitl of Asetav. When you work a vineyard, you have to prune, you have to weed out. Lazamer is... Weeding out, uh, removing, uprooting. The In a vineyard there are going to be thorns that threaten to undermine and destroy a vineyard. You have weeds, you have thorns, you have wild growths and plants that will disturb the successful blossoming of the vine. Of course you have animals that can come and eat it up. Uh, those of you who live in our neck of the woods you know that people who have gardens, the deer come and eat, so you have to have your fences you have to have your protection of course there's viruses there's bacteria there are the elements that will attack will attack the the life the the organic life of your of your of your field or of your vine this this is part of planting vanitia. It's part of ziriyah, of sowing and planting. We learned in mesech the Shabbos, that somebody who prunes on Shabbos is liable because of the malach of planting. Why? I'm not planting. This is what the Gemara says in Shabbos. Because when you're pruning, what are you trying to do? You're promoting the growth. You're trying to remove, just like when you plant a seed. You're allowing growth. So the Gemara says, somebody who goes out Shabbos to the field, to the orchard and prunes, you're liable because of because that's what Zoymer does. Let's smuch a of it. It's all part of allowing growth. You have to remove it. Yeah. You're not planting, but by removing the weeds or removing the thorns, pruning your vine, you're allowing the peris to grow. Now we'll understand why. Sheishonim tizra sadecha is Mishnah. And Sheishonim tizma kamecha is Gemara. Shubirur haalach. What does Gemara do? a beautiful explanation. Gemara is basically pruning the plant. It's clarifying the halach. Shemavara, what the Gemara usually does is, Echaya salkadaitach be Gemara. Vachala kushis anoyfim lafia salkadaitach be Gemara. Oya filo so the Rebbe says here, the Gomposik says, six years you should plant your field, six years you should prune your vineyard. First he speaks about a field, then he speaks about a vine, a vineyard. In the first case he speaks about planting, in the second case he speaks about pruning. So he says, because one is a remez for Mishnah, and one is a remez for Gemara. Mishnah is planting the field. Gemara is pruning the vineyard. Why? What is pruning? Pruning also allows for growth. But how? By removing all of the obstacles. What the Gemara does is the Gemara will take a Mishnah. And the Gemara will say, Why does the Mishnah say this? The Mishnah should have written like this. Oh, because you might think that this is the Halacha. So the Mishnah is written like this. Well, one second. But it doesn't make sense because it's contradicted by another Mishnah. The Gemara is basically pruning and removing all of the obstacles and all of the questions and all of the, so to speak, intellectual weeds that don't allow the fruit to blossom. And that's what real Gemara is. Real Gemara is, and those who learn well understand this so well, that basically you take the text and now you dissect it, you take it apart to the point that all of the cla- that the clarification should become Christ, that the idea should become crystal clear, but first you have to work through all the weeds. So that's why you'll first, the Gemara is full of thoughts and rejections. Salkadaitach, this is how we would think about it, but now we can't think about it. And then people who ask questions based on our original idea, and then you say, no, you misunderstood it. There's an argument. What's your perspective? What's your perspective? What do you come out with? you come out with a, halacha bruda, a clear conclusion, or at least a clear understanding of the debate. He says that's why the words of Talmud are compared to wine, which comes from a vineyard, because once you get the clarity, it's like joyous wine. Mishnah is called bread. It says by lechem in Barchi Nafshi, in Tehillim 104. Lechem, it says bread, will uh, sustain the heart of people. It's like the staple food. Yayin brings joy. What's the difference? Mishnah is the substance of the Talmud. Every word of Gemara is based on Mishnah. So Mishnah is like the bread. But the Simcha... The clarity, the real understanding of it, the full depth and enjoyment of it, that's the wine. And that's the vineyard, and that's the Gemara. And that's why here it's about planting, and here it's about pruning, because the whole Gemara is about pruning the vineyard. It says about wine, as we learned in Tehillim, wine brings joy to the heart of a person. It also says, by wine and Sefer Shaeftim and judges. <laughs> wine brings joy to God and brings joy to people. The says, There's wine that brings joy to the heart of man. There's heart that brings joy to God and to people. What's Pshat? Salat says like this, That's some unbelievable word. In other words, we have a contradiction. What does wine do? In Tehillim it says, It says, it's good for weak people. Enosh is like a weak person. The word enosh, like machla, enusha. It's like a person who's in a weaker state. So wine, reju- you know, wine rejuvenates him. Take a cup of wine. But then the Tanakh says, <laughs> Even Hashem likes a lechayim. What's going on? So there's is there's, there's wine and there's wine. What's p'sha? So the al says this. Kashamay v'nat talumud ah unbelievable. Kashamay v'nat talumud k'may show lovers belavushim gashemim. If you only learn the gemara and you only understand the gemara the way it's dressed up in physical garments ve'ei mayachelav shitoim belavushim shaloi and his parsha doesn't have the ability to divest it from the levushim liyestoydas elikav bekir by askalas elikus mamish to be able to see. That it's the Torah of his, his God, Torah is Elekav, in him, in his Kishkus, in his intestines, Haskalis Mamish. It's divine. It's a divine flow of consciousness. It's divine intellect. Divine wisdom. It's infinity. It's still Gishmak. You have uh, the good vart, it's a good svara. it thrills your mind, it's uh, stimulating. People could learn Gemara, there were people who could learn the Gemara their whole life, and it's very geshmak, it's intellectual, and it's a puzzle, and you figure it out. You know how Gemara is, especially if you master the art of Gemara, how it works with the psukim, and the structures, and the ideas, and the svaras, and the chiris and the dissections. Ah, mechaia! It's a person needs joy in life. He gets simcha from the yaya. But then there is learning, where the levushim, Hagashmim, the physical garments of the Gemara are garments that are all there. You understand the whole, all the intellectual brilliance. But it's a channel, it's a levush, that channels and manifests and contains within it, mis'anei al Hashem. It contains the divine tainug of Torah. How? Because he understands the ruchni Torah. That's the key. Or in the words of the maimer earlier, he plants the seed in the earth. And the earth, the seed is decomposed in the earth. In other words, you align. Everything is in the seed, but in the seed it's concealed. The whole seed has the DNA of a Because Torah is chachmas hashem, huva chachmas But you could look at it as just technical stuff or interesting intellectual stuff. When I plant the seed in the earth, I connect it with the, with the source. This is Haskalot seberuchna yisat this is the person understanding in the Ruchnius of Torah. And as I said earlier, this is one of the major ideas and contributions of Pnimius of Torah Torah Kabbalah. Especially, Torah the teachings of Chassidus. Especially in the school of the Alter Rebbe, the Baal HaTanya, and his successors. That in every single halacha, in our Rambam and in Arashi, in Ashtikal Gemara, in Zeroyim, Moed, Noshim, and Kachim, Taras, Every single halach, every single idea in halach, every single svara, every question, every tiyufta, every braisa, every mishnah, every raya, every teretz, everything. You have to understand very, very well and also be able to see it as a lavush that is literally a container of divine infinity. It's be'etzim mm-hmm. aganaydin And that's the haskalin in isa Seeing The full scope of the divinity of the spirituality that's expressed here. Then it's a yayin hamesameach elokim. Then it's a different wine. Then it's a wine that doesn't only rejoice the human being in me; it also rejoices the divine inside of me. And that's why you see sometimes a person will say, "I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning Gemara. I'm learning. I'm learning all these stuff, but I'm not inspired." Of course, of course, because your intellect is being stimulated, which is amazing, which is a beautiful thing. And it's a big mitzvah and it's kevaldik. But your soul, your divinity is not being stimulated. The wine is bringing joy to the person, but not to God inside of you. You have a God inside of you. You see, he says, if you could be at mafshit from the levushim, Leas teutis, ele kov, by bamash. If you can go out of the levushim, if you have that, that, that ability, you're taught how to be able to learn Torah and know that every svara and Gemara is Chachmasoy or It's Hashem's will and wisdom. And it's not just a knowledge, it is, I believe it. But it's actually seeing it in the Torah. It's seeing it, it's learning it, it's, it's a whole methodology, it's a whole approach. So that the Torah's elikov is in him and it's Askolos Elekus mamish. Then it's a different wine, then it's a wine that's Mesamech elikim. The inside of me the and that's the two wines, isyayin v'isayin. Depends how you learn a gemara. means a, a, a perception, a, a perceptive from the word seichel, a skill to appreciate, to conceive, to understand. So here, for example, we learned about planting and pruning. We learned how we learned a whole thing in this maimor about planting. If you learn Mishnayis, there's a lot of Mishnas about planting, a lot in Seudah Zeraim. If you learn Masechtah Shabbos, you learn about pruning. We just learned about it. The Alter Rebbe is learning about all these things and explaining it from a spiritual perspective. This itself is a demonstration of this very theme: how he handles these themes, which are nigledik the halachic themes, but shows the spiritual relevance. ksiv, he finishes. The pasuk says. Ki kerem Hashem tzvoi is beis Yisrael. The Navi says the house of Yisrael is God's vineyard. What does this mean? That I am Hashem's vineyard. You are Hashem's vineyard. He says every single person needs to work in his or her own soul, the work of the vineyard, to cut the thorns. I have to go into my Midas. A person has Midas Nafshis. Midas Nafshis means my soulful responses and characteristics. And when they come from my natural biological soul, my natural animal soul, I'm often dominated by jealousy. I'm often dominated by hatred. I'm often dominated by all types of addictions. I crave things that may not be very good for me. These are the classic examples of a or anything similar. To be able to be mivare the to be able to find the goodness inside and extract the good, so that you could discard all of these emotions, because all these emotions are doing something for a person. I'm jealous because somehow I need this jealousy for my survival. I hate you because somehow this hate is helping me. i craving, I'm binging, or I'm loving this because somehow it's helping me. My biological soul is feeling threatened. And if I'm jealous of you, somehow I'll feel safer. If I hate you, I'll feel safer. So he says, this is the void of the vineyard. Hashem says, you're my vineyard. In a vineyard, there's planting, but there's pruning. There's a lot of thorns there. Go, get rid of the thorns. You have a beautiful, beautiful vineyard. You're an amazing person. But got rid of the kaitzim so that the toiv, that the fruit can grow. So it's not just in learning Gemara; it's in applying it to life. I could learn the Gemara that's also pruning. But he says there's avodas hakaram in every person's neshama. For us, acher habirur, and then when I work through my vineyard, the pasik finishes Shabas, Shabbosah, and Yilah Arit Shabbos Lashem. Then there's the Shabbos that comes. After the learning, after the Avodah, there's the Shabbos before, which is Tfilah. And then there's the Shabbos after the Torah and the Talmudah, where it becomes part of my life. Shem Gimel Minei Shabboses. It says here three times Shabbos. Shabbos, Shabbos. Because when you work through this vineyard, people operate on three levels of consciousness, which parallel the three worlds. Briya, Yitzira, Asiya, where you have the thorns, because Atzilus is the world of oneness, there's no thorns over there. But Briah, Yitzira, Asiya, that's where there could be thorns. So when I work through the Toiv in each one of them, so you have the Shabbos of Asiya, you have the Shabbos of Yitzira, and you have the Shabbos of Briya. that's the Shabbos, Shabbos, and Yilar, of Shabbos, Lashem, and he concludes Vedaila, Maven, and this will be enough for a person who understands. Wishing everybody an amazing Yom Tif. Kabbalah sa Torah b'simcha. Kabbalah For you, for your families, communities, for all of Klaiyas, especially for our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. And we should be makabal dishvuas, the Torah on all levels, the Torah hanigla, the Torah sanister, the Torah inside of me, the Torah of yayin misamech levavenerj, the Torah of yayin misamech lekim and the Torah that comes with tefillah, and the Torah that brings to the bearer of the vineyard. And as it says in Yeshayah, Torah Chadashem Miti comes, Hashem will reveal a new Torah, meaning the ultimate depth of Torah. We should experience that Torah. Be meravi amen. A good Nyamtev, everybody.
1: Thank you so much, Rabbi I Really, really appreciate it. I'm just—I I got myself a bit confused with so many concepts. If you could just—the middle of the mind, but the one, the section was it Gimel or Base about uh, Gimel about the process of Torah, planting, grinding. Um, I get it on a on a sort of structural level. If you could just help me on a panimius level, just to understand what what, what the process really is, what, what we're supposed to be thinking as we go through Torah—the the four state, the three stroke, four stages.
0: Right. So I think one, one, one takeaway, one major takeaway, and this is a very, it's a subtle thing, it's a sensitive thing, but the truth is when you learn ch'siddahs for a while, especially the Alter Rebbe's chisiddas, especially, ch'siddahs bechla, but especially the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya's ch'siddahs, you become sensitive to this. And that is, you could almost experience it in a very visceral way, at least I could. Somebody is teaching Gemara, if it's yayin yisamach uh, levav enosh, or it's yayin amasamecha lekimvanoshim. If the, if the Torah is, if it's just a Torah of levushim gashman, which is brilliant, which is which is stimulating, which is powerful, which is which is a good thing to do. It's 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 a holy pursuit. It's a mitzvah. It's it's a gavaldik thing. But it's missing the, the infinity. It's also missing the holistic quality. Because when, you're, when you align Toyota with infinity, it encompasses the whole world. So it encompasses psychology and science and physics and astrophysics and cosmology and mathematics and biology. Because it's the source of everything. So it's also a unified Toyota. It's integrated. It's also a Toyota that's very emotionally relevant. It's very. It's not just IQ, also EQ, Taira. <laughs> and mo, the, man, one of the and the bigger things is that you don't feel an arrogance in the Taira. You don't feel uh, a, a, a coarseness, a bruteness. Sometimes you feel in in, in 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 learning this a little bit of a haughtiness or or uh, almost like a competitiveness, like a a, a mind game, mental gymnastics. There's a certain uh, immaturity there, a certain primitiveness. You feel so you're the saying bitul-
1: four, The four stages of uh, uh, um, of um, of planting, grinding, kneading, hmm. and baking essentially prepare the Torah to make it to what the Maimon yeah. says at the very end, so that it becomes Yain Yisamech Kim rather than just Anoshim.
0: So these stages is is basically it works through the Torah. Now, the Torah itself is a seed. The seed has everything. Uh-huh. And the source of the Torah is ain't safe. So it doesn't uh-huh. need our work. It's God's Torah. But to, the, to be able to see it in the seed, to be able to experience it in the seed, to be able to extract the potentiality from the seed, I can't leave it on the windowsill. Uh-huh. I put it in the earth. I cover it in the earth. It decomposes in the earth. Now, it produces seed, it produces a stalk. Beautiful. Now I grind it. Then I knead it. Then I bake it. That's in the process of grain. In the process of the vineyard, it's obviously planting and pruning. And then, of course, squeezing the grapes and drinking the wine. So it's two different models. But the idea is turning it into something that becomes a link to infinity. It becomes an expression of infinity. And that's really the Torah of Ganeiden. The Torah of Ganeiden is the Torah where there's a fruit. In other words, the fruit captures the luster, the deliciousness, the delight of the Kaya in a very visual and experiential way. Schar mitzvah mitzvah. Right? simcha. You have to plant the orzeruah. You got to plant it. And when you plant it, Skar Mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. It's the seed itself. You're not getting anything else. is not going to give you anything that's not in the seed. It's scar Mitzvah, the mitzvah. It's just giving itself. So there's various stages. The planting is obviously the basis, the foundation. Without planting, you're not going anywhere. But the grinding is the humility. If somebody's an arrogant person, it's not, this is never going to happen. To be a keli for chsidus, for pnimius, you need complete humility. The truth is, all learning needs humility because learning by some
1: people, some people, Rabbi Yai that they they dafka don't have at least um, um, conspicuous arrogance. If anything, it's the opposite. There's people that are that are more prone to neurosis and anxiety and negative emotions, and they feel quite broken. There's people who feel quite broken, which in a way possibly is a type of arrogance i don't know how you look at it but how the but it's a painful how, how does how can one how can one use chassid what what does a person do when they're trying their best to connect to chassidus but come what may they feel broken and i'm not talking about somebody who's clinically depressed or dysfunctional they get up in the morning but existence is is difficult and they and they're finding themselves inspired by chassidus Lemaisa, it's not—they're not finding a way to translate it into into their normal everyday living. How, how, how? Where are they going wrong? What advice do you have for such people?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an important question. Where the the—I wouldn't call it arrogance. This is a person who's broken. A person who's, a person who's broken by a lot of anxiety or a lot of stress or a lot of neurosis, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and even though they wake up in the morning, there's just something that sits deep inside of them. So I think there's two things that have to happen. The first thing is, um, you know, one is just a very practical thing. And then the second thing is about learning chesidus. The practical component is, you know, these things don't always just turn up in a vacuum. There is very often a powerful Foundation for them. And sometimes awareness of that helps, meaning to really to really appreciate what is happening inside of me. Not sometimes people dedicate their whole life to figure out why they're feeling a certain way and they get stuck in that. But I mean, awareness that's <laughs> to appreciate the dynamics in my brain just to understand enough of why I'm responding the way I'm responding so I could be comforted. And almost see it as a predictable trajectory, which now I have a choice to change. In other words, neurosis is not so neurotic or anxiety doesn't cause so much anxiety when I can identify exactly what is happening and why it's happening. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. If I'm trying to drive, let's say, from uh, here from Muncie, New York, I want to go to Manhattan. Manhattan is a 45-minute drive from here. Mm -hmm. But if I put on the Waze, and the Waze says, the GW, George Washington Bridge, was a major event there, and it's closed down, and therefore it's going to get you from here to Manhattan. It's going to take you three hours, right? It'll take you three hours. So now it's very different. If I get into the car now, I know I have to plan a three-hour trip. If I'm planning a 45-minute trip to go to an appointment, And then suddenly, it's three hours. I'm frantic. I'm anxious. I'm neurotic. The world is falling apart. You know Jews in traffic, right? They're suing the George Washington Bridge. They're suing the city. They're inventing a helicopter to be able to go over the traffic, whatever it is. They're dreaming of a motorcycle. But if I get into the car, and it says it's going to be a three-hour trip, right? Or they tell me the plane is delayed for six hours. So if you're going to the airport now, you're going to have to sit six hours right? Or I'm going on a hike and they tell me this hike is not going to be an hour. This hike is going to be a seven hour hike. So even though it's going to be hard, it's very different. The same is true in our brains. If I can understand, yeah, that I'm going to come to a Shabbos table or I'm going to come to a Shavuos meal or I'm going to sit with my wife and children and basically there's going to be chaos in my brain. So then the chaos is already much different. It's like, boy and welcome, yeah? This is part of it. And now the question is, what to do? Do I take it seriously? How seriously do I have to take it? So it's a
1: bit similar to the strategy that Tanya talks about when we have um, when we have uh, negative thoughts in Tefillah, and we take them and we get too upset because really we're assuming we're on the
0: level of a tzaddik when really we should accept... I think I'm a tzaddik and I'm getting upset that I have all these machshavah He says, what are you getting upset for? So
1: philosophically speaking, these problems are really becoming exacerbated and amplified because I'm not in touch with the truth, the MS of who I am and where I'm at at this moment. And so Chassidus, you're saying, properly learned is not just about inspiring a nice intellectual experiment or getting inspired with Rabbi YY's share, but actually... To be able to uh, use these models, to be able to train yourself to to yeah. to, to, to become to, to to really face up to who you are.
0: Exactly, okay. a major part of anxiety is not what's causing the anxiety. Yeah. A major part of anxiety is amplified by the fact that I'm having anxiety from that which causes anxiety. Yeah, similar to what, what you would. A hundred percent. Not supposed to to be so trapped. Much. Huh? What? Yeah. Thank now, you so you much. Realize, boy, boy, boy. And if you realize what you realize, the question you asked is not only relevant to the mind, but the Alter Rebbe in the middle of the mind takes an unexpected turn. That from the trajectory of how this mind is developing, I think it's very strange. And it's a mind that's all about the Vekas, deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until L'ishtava Begufa the Malka. There's no separation. You are God's food. In other words, you're inside of Him. You're one. Like my food is one with me. There's no two two people. There's me and my food. There's no Hashem and you. It's one. That's the trajectory of the Maimah. Suddenly, when He comes to the pinnacle where the bread is being baked, what happens? He explains that it's avakaesh, and avakaesh doesn't leave you intact anymore. Avaka Mayim works with you. Avakaesh. It's all-encompassing. You're completely, so to speak, subsumed in the flame. Flame doesn't leave anything untouched, unscathed. The fire burns up everything. Nothing is there anymore. Nothing exists. Everything is crumbled. In other words, the whole nefesh is now consumed. Wow. Then he says, "There's something else in the baking. What's else? A mice with Yosef crying for Binyamin. Every person." feels the grief and the pain of the Nitzit bin Binyamin, Ben Aini that went down and faces so many difficult stuff. And he says, and you cry for it, but don't let those tears take over your life. Hahadra One part of you feels the pain, and then you come out and you say, Kevra, let's eat bread. It's time to learn. Witness this coming to the Maimeh. This is exactly his point person could learn and learn and learn and be inspired. And then suddenly they're dealing with all types of neurosis, with all types of stress, with all types of anxiety, with all types of depression, with a, a mental illness or mental challenges or personality disorders or mood disorders, or difficult circumstances and difficult sensations and emotions inside of us. So this is the power of this mind where he says, okay, And that's why I'm telling you that part of baking the bread is feeling the warm compassion, compassion, feeling compassion for those parts of you. In other words, knowing I'm trying to get on the George Washington Bridge. I'm trying to take, well, I know you don't have a George Washington Bridge by you, but I'm trying to get on the bridge of Lakuta Taida to take me as a ladder to heaven. And suddenly this three hours of traffic, it's supposed to be 45 minutes. What's going on? So he says, yeah, yeah, look. And say, yeah, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in traffic. It's called Ben Aini. It's called Binyamin, Ben Aini. And there's space for that. You should still go eat bread. <laughs> there's joy in my heart from this side. There's tears in my heart from this side. And they're not a contradiction. They work together. That's the story of life. Why does he put that into the mime? Right and smack in the middle. Exactly for this reason. And the awareness of that makes it much easier to
1: handle. Thank you so much, Rabbi YY. I'm getting a bad reception and I'm going to have to go now as well. But thank you so much. I wish you a good yomtav.
0: Thank you you very much for this explanation.
1: It's been very, very helpful. Thank you.
0: give Give over the teachings to your chavre over there.
1: Thank you. I'm learning the mimer actually with my son. I'm oh. my six, 16 17 year old so I'm sure, I, I, I I can't be Masbir as good as you but uh, I'm trying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, you so much. See ya. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at w dot the dot net slash
1: donate.